0: After drinking 12 glasses of rum, a London couple on their honeymoon in Sri Lanka bought the hotel they were staying in. This is TFG Unbuttoned. It's the focus group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash, an off-the-cuff take on politics, pop culture, and current events. Welcome to TFG Unbuttoned. John Nash here in New York, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host Tim Bennett in Philadelphia. Tim, good morning. Good morning.
1: Good morning, John. After that intro, I don't think we need any other stories but that one.
0: <laughs> it could be like Tim and John buy an auto company after three <laughs> beers. Uh, we want to thank Critics' Choice Video, uh, America's. Classic movie and TV authority since 1987. They sponsored us since the start, and they help bring on Button to you every Tuesday. Yeah, so we have three stories for you. Um, and this first, well, this is actually the second one. Uh, we we, we could do them whatever order we want, actually. But for starters, Tim, you had an okay weekend. We had a lot of rain here on the East Coast again, and we're kind of getting tired of it. Not that we can change this, but... <laughs>
1: Yeah, and the biggest change for me, and people always talk about this, but the biggest thing for me was I think it was either Thursday or Friday. It was close to 90 degrees and very humid, at least here in the mid-Atlantic down further south of you. And then I woke up Saturday morning, and I needed to put the heat on yeah. in the house. Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was down into the the high 40s, low 50s. What I'm upset about, and my mom mentioned this in Connecticut, and you might have seen it uh, seen it up in New York State, is whether the leaves are turning? My mom said the leaves are falling, but there was no color so far. The leaf, She said the leaves are falling. She's already lost a bunch of leaves on some of the trees in the yard. She said, but as in the past, um, where you would get some vivid color, they kind of just turned yellowy and fell. And, yep, uh, your mom's right. She,
0: and upstate yeah. New York's the same thing. And you know, the thing that gives the leaves the color is either dry conditions in the fall, Um, or like a shock of wet weather, then followed by dry weather, and then the temperature starts to change, and then the leaves give you the vibrant color. But we've had nothing. We were driving around upstate at one point. It was so green, you know, fields of green, green, green. And I don't remember green, green, green grass in October that required that much cutting.
1: (laughs) No, usually this time of year, particularly I remember when we were in high school because we were in a, a rural high school, but you would be out this time of year for gym class, and you'd be out in the frost. Yeah, A little bit on the, on the grass, a little morning morning dew, and then it, it would heat up. But they, they're saying here in the Philadelphia area that they don't expect the leaves to turn now until early November.
0: Wow, wow.
1: And and so, you know, well, there's, there's no such thing as climate change, so we can just move along.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I think people agree that there is climate change. I think they disagree that it's man-made. <laughs> but I would say that in our lifetime, a lot's changed. Really fast. All right. So the first story we're going to tackle today on TFG Unbuttoned is come from Texas, and it's about a lawsuit. A group of pastors are filing in federal court, and they're seeking a license to basically discriminate against LGBT people. But what they want to do is, it's in the city of Austin, and they want to go head-to-head against a, a, a city ordinance that denies employers the ability to discriminate in hiring, basically, even though there are religious exemptions in place. For example, there's no law on the books that says if you go through training to be a priest, the Catholic Church has to ordain you. Yeah, that's their decision, right? right? But these pastors want the ability to not have to hire people that work in these religious institutions. My first thought was, who's applying for these jobs?
1: (laughs) Right? Yeah. You know, I read, I first one I see, I, I hate to say this, I know we have a huge listenership in Texas, and obviously our listeners are a bit more enlightened, or a lot more enlightened than, than maybe what uh, the state gets credit for. Mm-hmm. But I looked at this again, and I just shook my head, and I understand if a church doesn't want to hire somebody because, for instance, if you're an openly gay person and you want to apply for a job at a Catholic church and your sexuality is in conflict with their religious teachings and they don't want to hire you, I get it. But that should also work for everything because there was a lawsuit, you remember, a while back where people complained that uh, Abercrombie & Fitch was profiling people as they, as they hired them. And again, if a, if a company has a certain look or a certain image they want to project, I see no problem with you hiring for that image and so here's an example, though, where I think the church is saying, well, we want to use our religious um, freedom to decide uh, what's going to be right and what's going to be wrong. And I didn't know if this fell into, does this fall into, does the religious exemption thing fall into separation of church and state? And what would happen if somebody decided I'm going to follow Sharia religious exemption? And, you know, it just to me again seems like another slippery slope. And you would think that somebody would put this thing to bed for once. But it just keeps, it just keeps rising its head.
0: Yeah. So I think that the nugget to this story lies towards the end of it, actually. And because it says at the very end of the piece, the Council of Pastors is notoriously anti-LGBTQ and have been active in targeting LGBTQ people in any possible way. And in fact, they were one of the main backers of Texas's proposed bathroom bill that had the the Texas Senate go into special session. And all these corporations wrote letters to the to the uh, the chamber to say, you know, this is bad for business. Um, some observers believe that this is a Ploy, or they're just using this city ordinance, the Austin City Ordinance, and this lawsuit to get this thing on the track towards a Supreme Court hearing, in which case the Supreme Court would then again have to look at these issues like the Master Cake Baker in Colorado, the Master Cake sh- Class, or whatever that shop was, which was narrowly decided on— On basically rule of law which was that at the earlier point in this guy's at the the cake shop guy didn't get a fair hearing at the civil rights level at the state council level they're looking to do this with this kind of thing and I think we're gonna see a lot more cases come up where this is their way of getting their anti LGBTQ agenda into the courts and on their way to something higher up because now the Supreme Court's stacked with people that might be more favorable to ruling in this in this way
1: But what doesn't make sense to me, and also later on in the article, it says federal law already allows churches to follow their religion when making hiring decisions if a position is religiously related. For example, they said Catholic churches are not required
0: to ordain priests. priests. So there's
1: already protection there. So
0: I... No, no, no. And one of the pastors said it was the stingiest religious exemption on, on the books at the federal level says... You know, we understand that if it's a priest or it's a it's someone who's, you know, doing the sacraments or whatever that may be, you can say, no, we can't. We have to we want a certain person. I think they're actually looking at stuff like office work, you know, maintenance issues, things that are just anybody can do. And I don't think you need to be certainly of a certain religious bent to sweep a floor or something like that. So, no, it's just I think it's a ploy to get a case on the dockets that may or may not go through the federal system and the the circuit courts before it goes up to the Supreme. And we're going to be seeing more of these as time goes by, because once, you know, Brett Kavanaugh was named the new Supreme Court justice, I believe there's this empowerment issue of, oh, we got like a favorable bunch of people up there. We can do what we want to do now. So,
1: yeah, the floodgates are open.
0: Now, the next piece is a lot more lighthearted, though. And, uh, (laughs) and we teased it at the beginning of the broadcast and it's a British couple was in Sri Lanka, Gina Lyons and Mark Lee, and they're from London and they were on their honeymoon. She's 33, he's 35. And they were there for a three week backpacking trip in December of 2017. They hit it off with the staff of this hotel they were staying at. And over after 12 or I don't know how many glasses of rum they had, they thought it was a good idea to buy the lease to the hotel.
1: Yeah, they found out. I guess they found out in talking to the staff that the lease was available for under forty thousand dollars for three years. So there was a three year lease and it was thirty-nine thousand and change. And uh, so they decided they thought it was a good idea. I laugh because usually these stories are most people I know get drunk and buy a timeshare they never use, right? You go you go to one of these things, you go to the you go to a timeshare meeting and say, Oh, isn't that great? We're having a great time. We're gonna come here every every summer now or every winter, and you buy a timeshare you never use. So this one, to me, I laughed at, because I thought Sh- Sri Lanka to London is not an easy flight, I don't think. Maybe direct, but take a while. And uh, didn't seem like they knew anything about running a bed and breakfast or a little hotel. And and they said when they were negotiating, it wasn't even in language. So No, they, they so were sure using they a, friend yeah. <laughs> a friend to translate, yeah. A friend. Right but but I'm sure with somebody sitting at the bar. Oh, they said it's going to be fine. Oh, they said it's easy. Oh, they said the books are clean. <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> but I will say the story ends on a happy note. Yeah. So they in, so right around the time this was happening, they also discovered that that they were pregnant. And they both were like, "Oh my god, what are we doing? We just agreed to buy this hotel in Sri Lanka. We're going to have a baby." Their friends thought they were crazy, but they invested eight thousand in renovations into this bed and breakfast, the seven room bed and breakfast. They named it the Lucky Beach Ten Tengal. I guess that's the part of Sri Lanka where they're uh, where they're in. And business is now booming, and they've since seen a steady flow of customers. But they insist their next big decision will be made sober.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I I, I like the story. It reminded me a little bit, in a different note, I guess, when you and I you and I had gone to. Rome with a group of friends for your 40th birthday. And there was one point where, I don't know if you remember, we were walking home. I think it was pouring rain. We couldn't get a cab. We couldn't get a taxi. And Rosie and I were trying to figure out, could we buy a car to get us to the hotel? (laughs) We were thinking, well, we had a few drinks, but maybe a car wouldn't be so bad since we can't get a cab. Maybe we should buy a car and then we'll sell it when we go to take off, which obviously not thinking straight. But this reminds me of this sort of decision. Let's buy the hotel.
0: Okay? Oh my god. I you you just brought back memories of that night in Rome when we were trying to get away from we, we were yeah. it was pouring rain and the restaurant we were at was a good clip for, but it stopped raining eventually. And that's when I we were wandering. We couldn't find we remember we couldn't get any we couldn't get back to the hotel. It was miles well, and we, miles we, away. Well, we we did wander into a gay bar near the Colosseum though. And that's that's where you guys, you, you hit the eject button. You were like, okay, we walked to the Coliseum. We found this like little enclave. And then you went ahead. You, you and Rosie somehow figured out a way to get back. But I think Comrade and I walked ahead, right?
1: Well, we, And we told you guys, go in the gay bar and see if you can pick up somebody quick. And they've got a car and can get us home. <laughs> 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 yep, then drop was... us off at the hotel and dump them.
0: Yeah. So this is all a good example of what happens when you've had, to, when business decisions are made or uh, made yeah. on, and, and, and thankfully they were drinking rum. It's a happy drink. I'm told. A cloudy. A <laughs> little cloudy rum is supposed to be a happy one. Yeah,
1: This last, this last story you picked, I, I don't know if you've seen this has been in the, uh, it's now hit national news more and more, I guess, but, uh, you had, you had picked up on an early, but it was the one where the parents had a babysitter that was African American and, uh, we all know what happens then, right?
0: Friend of the family. Um, the guy, the, the, this guy named, they, well, he, they, they, call him Mr. Lewis. Um, but he's been a friend of the family for six, seven, maybe eight years that he watches their kids when they travel, when they go away. And he happened to be watching their kids, uh, David Parker and Dana mango. And they're in, from suburban Atlanta. And the guy, the babysitter's name is Corey Lewis. I apologize. And, um, But they call him Mr. Lewis. So he's at a Walmart with the kids. They're all laughing and and they get into the car and a woman pulls up next to him and says, is there a a problem here? And he's like, no, uh, everything's the kids are just fine. And she said something, something seems weird about this. And then he realizes he left the parking lot that the woman that had approached him, and this is the babysitter now, we're talking the the African-American babysitter, that um, the woman was following him and then eventually when they get to the house the house where the lewises or not the, the the couple live police arrive and and the and to the credit of the officer and to to carl lewis the babysitter he said the officer knew what was going on pretty quickly but was and, and was accommodating but still the woman had called a white woman called 911 because of this uh, black gentleman with these these white kids and i don't know where people how this happens this is this is a real and, and the parents are very upset about this the kids were upset because they love the babysitter they love hanging out well with he's him. a
1: friend right he's a friend of the family what was odd to me about it, it wasn't like these kids were infants or they were six and ten so these were children they're not little three-year-old four-year-old or something where somebody i think might um might jump to a bigger conclusion but th- these were not little kids they were having a great time together is what it sounds like from the story. And I felt the same way you did. How does this happen? This is suburban Atlanta, where you think you'd be exposed to a pretty diverse um, slice of society. But I wondered if if this is because it's, is this because it's Trump's America and so many people or so many of us are seen as other? Or is this sort of thing always happened and this is now just being reported more?
0: I don't know. It's, um, you know... I don't think maybe it is being reported more, but I I just don't know where where this comes from. That you make the assumption that since there's a a black gentleman with some white kids, that there's something wrong. You know that that's the that's the part that I I can't get by. That you know whose business is it anyway? Why was she? You know would she would she make that same phone call if she saw a Hell's Angel with covered with tattoos and a biker right. vest and a chain attached to his wallet with Two kids that didn't look like they necessarily belonged with him, but no, maybe because he's white. Yeah, well, whatever, right? It's it's just it, it very it it's it's so racist that you could almost not even wrap your head around it, right? Well, and what's so
1: she obviously, as you mentioned, she obviously fired, followed them home to wherever they lived, their address, because the police were there pretty quick. So she must have called nine one one, gave the exact address. Uh, but this one to me was another one of those that I just um, well. What do we say? We're in two different Americas sometimes. Seems, Not sometimes we are. <laughs>
0: seems to be. Yeah, seems to be. I,
1: I just I just didn't uh I didn't know what to make of it. And uh um, Oh, you know
0: what I, to I, make I, of it. We we both know yeah. what to make of it. This is a disgusting, um a very un-American thing in my opinion. And and you could you could couch it ten ways to Sunday. You can say, I'm looking out for the kids as welfare. But any of those caveats you put out there obviously speak puts positions the african-american gentleman as the criminal or as the bad guy yeah. or and all of that is just not acceptable to me i mean i just I, yeah yeah
1: i i still remember and this was the 60s this was the late 60s we lived in a neighborhood and a an african-american family had moved in and um my brother and i, I still remember the kids gabby and Raphael. when uh Raphael was closer to my age gabby was closer to my brother's age and we played all the time and did stuff together and one day but it was just my brother and I that would play with them. There was lots of kids in the neighborhood. And I remember the mother coming one day and me snooping around listening and her coming to talk to my mom and thank her for letting Timmy and Ricky play with Gabby and Raphael. My mother's like, well, what do you mean? Thank you. Well, none of the other families will let the kids come to the house or to the yard. And it's the same sort of thing to me. My mom's like, they're kids.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're going to yeah.
1: play. Right. So, yeah, yeah I, I, um, and that was the sixties and that was a different time. And that, I, you know, I kind of get that piece about it. Not that it was right, but it was a different time. Yeah, look, but this I, sort of yeah. thing to me out of Atlanta is just shocking.
0: So. Yeah, it is. And I, it, your kid example is a fun one. It reminds me of my niece, uh, Catherine, when she was really small. She used to have a friend named Baby Tony, and Baby Tony was her age. But Tony was a beautiful little black girl, and her mother was a sweetheart and a great family. And one day they were playing together, and the, the two of them run up to me, and Catherine goes, she goes, and she just holds. Uh, baby Tony's arm out, and she and she goes, "Isn't she beautiful?" She goes, "I want, I want to be her color." <laughs> <laughs> so you have my sister was sitting next to me when that happened, and the kids run back to one of those pools that are like you know blow up pool, like six inches high yeah. or something. And they go back and they're splash around playing. And Laura just said to me, kind of casually and offhand, that she goes, "I wonder when it sets in, when yeah. when when the kids are told about the difference and that you know they they have to you know it becomes polarizing or something." Because at that moment, they're just kids, you know, and and they're they're enjoying each other. Having
1: a good time. Yep. Well, happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Yeah. At the beginning (laughs) of the
0: show, we uh, mentioned that Critics' Choice Video, America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987, uh, brings us to you every week. And we want to encourage you to shop there by going to focusgroupradio.com, clicking on the Critics' Choice video logo, and starting your journey. I always say to people going to Critics Choice for the first time by all means sign up for a print catalog. They don't you're not inundated. They they're not all you don't get them every week, but they are fun to look through because they trigger a lot of memories like, wow, I want to watch that again. So that's A and B. <laughs> I went to the site today and I know we're pushing the envelope a bit cuz we're not even through October, but it they have a sale on timeless animated Hollywood favorites or holiday favorites, oh. I'm sorry. I immediately, of course. What do you think's in the list? And I don't know if you know one of my favorite all-time. I mean, you yeah, let's see if you can guess one of my favorite all-time puppet movie, m- puppet shows. Yeah,
1: well, it's not Rudolph, but it was the um it was the one where uh Jingle Jangle Jingle. What was the one? Santa the, Claus is coming to Santa town. Santa Claus is coming to town. You <laughs> love that one. I I'm do. I'm not sure I was a big fan of that one.
0: You can get it on Blu-ray for 12.74 or DVD for 11.24 or you can buy a five pack for like 2024 of all these great like it's frosty rudolph santa claus is coming down but i love santa that's that's the one that i associate christmas with
1: that's great i'm i'm actually ordering something today i went or i went and looked actually yesterday for it because uh as you know i missed my college's homecoming but there was lots of scuttlebutt on facebook about the the alma mater that is a little bit dirgy and a little slow and someone said, "Oh, it reminds me of the opening of Faber, a cat, Faber College on National Lampoon's Animal House." <laughs> so for under, it's eight dollars and fifty nine cents for the special ver- for the uh, the double secret version. And I don't have it. And I will tell you though, John, I clicked on a couple of clips, and it's a little bit like Blazing Saddles. I'm not sure you can make the movie now.
0: Oh <laughs> so, no, no.
1: But anyway, as John mentioned, we want to thank America's classic movie and TV authority. Critics' Choice. They've uh, they've been with us since the beginning. We appreciate everyone appreciate everyone who tunes in and listens to uh, TFG Unbuttoned. We're here every Tuesday, and be sure to join us on Wednesdays live at one PM East for our show called The Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash, which you could stream live through either Facebook or YouTube. And right now, though, we're finding a lot of you, probably more than 75% time shift. So if you go to focusgroupradio.com, you can find all the platforms, both audio and video, where you can take us along with you anytime. So everyone, have a great week, and uh, we'll we'll see you on Wednesday, and then we'll see you Tuesday. Take care. The Focus Group Unbuttoned, available every Tuesday. Learn more about Tim and John, Unbuttoned, and all of the Focus Group platforms at focusgroupradio.com.